When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new edition of the Battle Red Blog. This is Corey DLG with me as usual, little brother Nico, mm-hmm. the podcast producer extraordinaire. Yep, yep. I, got, I got more titles now than ever. You are the king of slashers and you don't even make horror films. Oh, look at that. That's clever. See? See? I guess we should say Battle Red Radio, but it's kind of confusing because we're hosted on the Battle Red Blog. It's it's all we're all connected. It's fine. Just keep it battle red, bro. Battle yeah. red. Precisely. We're all in the Venn diagram. We'll be fine. Oh, okay. Anyway, we're all in recovery from uh, yet another brutal Texans game. Uh, I went back and listened to the Friday episode, the prediction episode, because I wanted to just kind of see how what, at least what I had said, held up to what happened. Uh, First, I want to apologize to the listeners. I didn't realize I was such a naysayer coming into the game. Uh, but then I also, in hindsight, was right. So it's kind of a weird, I don't want to apologize too too much. But I do want to at least say that I, I, I should have maybe laid a little bit more hope in there. But we were, that was a brutal game. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a good look for us, uh, <laughs> to be honest with you. It, it was It was bad. Uh, they, I heard this. Okay, there were two stats that I heard that were heartbreaking. Um, one of them was at the start of the of the broadcast of the game. They were running through just like key stats for each team, and one of the ones they circled for the Texans is that we are overall for the season twenty five percent conversion rate on third downs. That's brutal. It's not good. That is. And, I, and they didn't put it that was worse than the league or not. I have to assume it is or bottom three. Like, I can't think that there's five teams that are doing worse than that. We're not, we're not going to, we're not going to scare anybody. Uh, but when people break down teams and look at teams, a team that's 25% on third down is not a team you're really that worried about executing. Uh, when you, when teams install, that's what they call it. When, 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 when you're going week to week, basically what happens is you are super prepared all week for one team. You go play the game. You fly home. As you're flying home, the scouts are feeding all of the data to the coaches for the next team already. Monday morning, even if you're off, your coaches are put together, you're putting together data packets for you about what's relevant for you. If you're the running backs group, that first day they're going to give you all of the stats about how the defense performs against the run what sides are their weak sides, what players are targeted, blah, 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 what the injury list is like for the other team, all those things. That install happens on Monday and Tuesday, and by Wednesday you're practicing the nuances to win, to compete in that game against that team. When a team is getting their install for the Texans, and it's going to be in one of the stat packets, probably on defense, where someone says, yeah, they uh, they convert 25% of their third downs, 
that's going to be highlighted. It's going to be at the top of the list. It's going to be one of those things that says it is our job to get off the field. It should be easy to get off the field. If we're not getting off the field, there's something wrong with what we're doing. Yeah, just one of those things that you can point to and be like, look, they're really bad at this. So let's just if we're if we're doing really terrible, we know what we're what we're losing to. Right. <laughs> yes. If you're losing, it's because I mean and here's the other part of that is third down is such a crucial cog to the machine of offense. You don't go downfield without converting third downs. You don't score points without converting third downs. Third downs is how you buy your defense time to rest. The last thing you want is to go three and out and punt. Your defense comes out there, forces a three and out and punt. Then you go three and out and punt again. Your defense has to come back. But now they give up two drives because now they are now they are a little bit tired. Then they force a punt. Well, you go three and out and, ha- and punt again. Well, now they've got to come back on the field a third time, and you've, you've killed a minute and a half of game time each, each drive while they're on the field for 12, 15, 20 minutes each drive. The defense wears out. And what, what happens is by the second half of a game, you can't count on anybody to stop anybody because everyone's exhausted because the offense hasn't carried their weight. And it's uh, third downs are important. Third downs are very important. When you when you hear all the Pacino speeches and everything else about football and talk about a game of inches and a game of this and a game of that, most importantly, and I don't hear a lot of people say this, but most importantly, for the defense at least, it's a game of time. You want as much time on the sidelines as possible if you're the defense. You want to rest as much as possible. Uh, as we move further and further into these into the future of the NFL with these up-tempo, high-octane offenses where it's run, 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 no huddle, no huddle, no huddle, run, 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 pass, 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 40 yards downfield, 12 yards down, but just dinking and dunking and no huddles and no huddles and no huddles and sugar huddles, which are the fast huddles five yards off the line, and more and more and more of those things. The defenses are what you're going to have to start putting more and more of your active roster into every week so that you can keep up with these offenses as they're running around you like a fool. And – you don't want to do that either. You want to be able to stay level and balanced. And so it's important to convert third downs and give your defense time to rest and breathe and recuperate and, and game plan in game. Um, the other stat that, I, that they said was interesting was coming into the game, Justin Fields had thrown fewer passes in the first two weeks of the season. Keep in mind, he started and played both games. He had thrown fewer passes combined the first two weeks of the season then Dak Prescott had thrown in his partial game one before he hurt his thumb and came out okay everybody let me tell you all about the adventure begins comics games and more adventure stadium that's right we already know about the great and wonderful comics and and trading card store they have on the first floor they also now have on the second floor a sports memorabilia store and sports trading cards it's awesome Get up there to the stadium right there at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130, the second floor above the the original Adventure Begins, and the Marcel Town Center. Make sure to check them out. The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. The Adventure Stadium. Let me tell you guys about the latest party to hit the Houston scene. Custom geek parties. Everything from corporate team-building exercises, geek-themed weddings, RPG parties, board game parties, cosplay parties, and more. Call Gamers Inner Circle Geek Party at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle Geek Party at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle, are you in yet? 
Uh, Justin Fields, he still looked terrible, and he still looks like a bad, bad quarterback. I don't think he has any future as a quarterback in the NFL. And he was still more than enough to beat uh, the Texans because they ran for over 250 yards. They ran for 281, I think, was the final tally in rushing yards. That's a gross number of yards. That's got to be near an NFL record. It's got to be somewhere in the ballpark. That's awful. 281 rushing yards. And their top running back went out very early in the game. Montgomery left very early in the game. Their backup in third string did it. Their third string is a guy named Herbert. I never even heard of him. Look at that. Putting his name on the board because no one else will. Hey, man, you got to do it yourself. That's the rule. Uh, it was it was definitely not what you want to see out of a game. But it's what we got to see because we are fans of the Texans. Um, I'm glad we're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? It's a it's a frustrating situation, and as far as my picks held up, I went one and one for the game. I correctly picked the the Bears to cover the two and a half, and I picked the under, which was off by three. It finished twenty three twenty. The under was forty. I had in my head that the under was well, the over under was forty three when I was watching the game live, but I couldn't remember. Um, so that means for the season. I am now seven and one in picks. It means you, you you've officially lost your undefeated title, but your your record's still crazy. <laughs> yeah, I would. I mean, <laughs> this was the hardest game to 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 quote unquote bet so far, simply because of the fact that as we're looking up at it, we, you know, two and a half is such a close game, and we we said it was going to be a terrible, awful close game. But I just didn't feel like we were going to beat the. I just there was nothing about it that made me feel like we were going to beat the Bears. Um, so disappointing game, but it is what it is. We move on from there. We start by evaluating performance, of course, at the press conferences uh, on Monday. Lovey Smith, he basically said that he doesn't know why the offense is isn't performing. He doesn't know why they're struggling. If he could circle a particular reason, he would gladly circle it and then correct it and go out there and do better. But he 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 doesn't know how to do that because he doesn't know what the problem is. Fair, you know. Uh, some, it's, sometimes it's not it's not your fault. Because uh, well, honestly, if we if you look at the defenses, we've been doing good. It's just that we've just been beat to heck because we've had to play someone more defense than offense. No, and that part is true. The problem is he is the head coach. So, like, while he cares more about the defense because he is calling the defense and that is the quote-unquote thing he took responsibility for, he left Pat Hamilton run the offense because they thought that would help uh, Davis Mills' growth. The truth is someone needs to know what the problem is on offense, and I would like it to be the head coach. That's fair. He put there a lot needs- of faith into a guy that has zero idea what he's doing. <laughs> there needs to be... Someone who, after watching film, can go, well, I'll tell you what we're not doing. We're not converting on third down. We're not doing this. We're not doing that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And instead, what we're getting is a lot of, I don't know. I don't know. It's just frustrating out there. But, but, yeah, that's crazy. I, I can't believe we haven't won any of these. That's insane. Yeah, it's nuts. It's not that nuts. It's not that nuts. We're not very good. We're not doing the little things. 
we're not in any kind of rhythm and we look like we don't know what we're doing when we're out there. So it's really, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that mysterious. I don't think there's this big mystery where we go, what's happening? No, I think what's happening is that we're playing bad football and it shows in the O one, O two and one results. Um, O two and one. That's insane. Yeah. So let me give you, let me give you some, some stats here. Are you ready? No. So the Davis Mills question is going to be the story of the season. This is going to wind up being, listen, by week 10, when this season is in the tank, this is going to be all we talk about. This is going to be the whole conversation. This is going to be the only thing we're going to measure this season by. If we, if we only win two games and we get out of this season and we 100% know the answer on Davis Mills, then this season is a success. That's, that's how people are going to measure it. Let me give you some data, though. So right now, going into this, after three weeks, Davis Mills is completing only 57.9% of his passes. Solid. Good work. Uh, last year, through his nine games that he did play, he completed 66% of his passes. So we're already, he's completing his passes at a lower clip. Sweet. Good job. His QBR is dropping. Last year it was seventy-seven point seven percent. This year, or uh, last year was eighty-eight. This year it's seventy-seven point seven percent. By the way, the QBR—it's a complicated number, but it's on a scale all the way up to like one sixty something. So, like out loud, seventy-seven point seven. You're like, oh, well, that's not so bad. That's actually tied for fifth worst in the league. That's good. Nico, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you one guess on who he is tied with in fifth place. Who he's tied with? It's gotta be the true biscuit. I don't know why you knew that, but you are hundred percent. Uh it's because I believe in him. The true biscuit and me are, are just I'm there Mitch, for him. Mitchell Trubisky and Davis Mills are tied fifth worst in the league for quarterback rating right now. Yeah. And right now, there is no debate in the lead that, that if your quarterback is Mitchell Trubisky, you you have a problem at quarterback. There's no one in the league right now who's like, no, if you're if you're trying out Mitchell Trubisky, you're doing okay. No one thinks that. So at least by that metric, we can safely say Davis Mills isn't keeping himself in good company. And to quote the, um, I'm going to be sarcastic here, the greatest super Christian ever, Joel Osteen. Uh, if you Fly with if you fly with the chickens, you can't, or if you hang with chickens, you can't expect to fly. If you hang with eagles, you can expect to soar. I think I got the quote wrong. Let's call it a paraphrase. Uh, birds of a feather flock together. We got this. It's it's yeah, in rap music. We wanna, got it. You don't you don't want to hang out at, at the Mitchell Trubisky tie. That's not good. Uh, now if anyone wants to say, okay, but. So what my buddy has been saying is he just doesn't have any help. I just don't know that it's fair to judge him on this year because he just doesn't have the help. Right now, he is being pressured 18.4% of of his snaps. That's third fewest in the league. Wow, it's like we we, we, we are trying to amend our O-line problem and our quarterback just isn't very good. Well, it also means that they're just not blitzing him because he's not. There's no reason to. 
they don't need to blitz him because he's not going to complete the passes because his QBR stinks. His percentages stink. His rating stinks. They're just like, like, do we need to get the quarterback? Nah, he's not nah. going to make this watch. And then he misses, and they're like, see? <laughs> you know what? You. This game may actually be better for us if we don't blitz him. We should let them give the quarterback the ball more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's Here's where you don't want to be. So on third down, he is converting 47% of his passes, which is fourth worst in the league. We keep, we keep going down the list, and he just keeps getting worse. And this is a big fall off. This is a big one. This is where I think I think he's I, – I think he's – I think there's something. I think he's panicking. He's not – he's nervous now. He's scared. Last year, nine games – he was 63% on third down, which was 12th best in the league. That's a total flip from 12th best to fourth worst. Yeah, that's 100% a flip. What the heck? That's a massive decline. He's uh, just gotten, he's played more football and gotten worse. And in the fourth quarter of games, he's on this year, he's only completing 48% of his passes. For a QPR of 46. There's what, like 120% more of his scale that we're just not using. <laughs> uh, last year in fourth quarters, he was 64% for a QBR of 88. Like half, literally half. So Ow. it's getting worse. It's getting worse. This has been my problem this year is – you know, as we get into these conversations with, you know, with the boys and, and they, I think we are starting from two different sides of the, of the equation. I am starting from the show me you want to stay, show me you deserve to be the starter side. And they're coming from the, he already is the starter. Why should he lose the job side? So like they're looking for big negatives where I'm just looking for things to show me that he's, that we're going to, be okay if he's the starter and these numbers are all worse from last year here's the reality you kind of joked about it but this is true in the nfl once you start playing there's tape on you the longer you play the more tape there's on you i think what happened with davis is he played he played five or six games early in the season then they benched him because he got he fell apart. And then at the end of the season, he, he got to come back and finish the last four games. And he looked really good the last four games. I think part of it was the tape on him was quote-unquote incomplete. But also he had learned a little bit in that time on the bench. And so he brought new skills. And they weren't done looking at what he could do before. So he got to surprise people for those last four weeks. Also, our season was over. We were really in bad shape, and I don't think people were taking us that seriously. Also, there's just a weird thing about rookies coming off the bench and like, well, they're unknowns. They are un. That's just a. It's a classic, classic move. Well, but again, if you, that's one of those reasons, guys like Justin Fields, who've never had those type moments, Trey Lance, who's never had those type moments. I think this is why those guys like that are concerning. Because they don't ever surprise anybody. Like they're supposed to be able to do those kind of games because no one's ever really watched them play, and yet, wow, um, we are. Wow. 
but I think the I think the bigger problem is now there's tape on good Davis Mills, there's tape on bad Davis Mills. There's now a year's worth of tape, basically. Nine games is basically a year's worth of tape. And now I think they can go back and watch his decision making and what he does in the pocket. Then they can apply that to what he's doing on the field now. And I don't think he has enough skills and tools to fight back against what they're doing now on the field to him. In in the NFL, the quarterback position has a lot of like counterintelligence to it. Um, as a matter of fact, one of the most beloved quarterbacks of all time, obviously, when it comes to, to all this, is Peyton Manning. There was a – the NFL Network had Bill Belichick. I don't remember who the other coach was, and Ed Reed, all sitting at a table talking about, like, the, the best plays they've ever seen in football. And they talk about how Peyton Manning calls out this one Baltimore Ravens play still to this day because he, Peyton Manning broke down the game film, studied all the film, knew that when they were in a particular look against a particular lineup, when Ed Reed would start, when the play would start, Ed Reed would cheat to the crowded side of the offense and that that one-on-one on the weak side was going to be open. So Peyton Manning feeds Ed Reed the information to, to make him want to go to the crowded side of the offense. He looks that way. He calls the signs that way. He hikes the ball. He's looking that way. He immediately whips to his weak side and throws it because he knows that he he knows what Ed Reed does in those situations. Except Ed Reed had studied Peyton Manning as well. And Ed Reed also studied his own tape and knew what Peyton Manning would learn from it. And he faked to the crowded side in that situation where before he always went to the crowded side. He faked going that way and then immediately bailed out and went back against the single side and takes a and, take, and steals the interception from Peyton Manning. An interception, by the way, Peyton Manning's thrown several interceptions in his career. That's the interception Peyton Manning still to this day talks about. Man, double double filmed practice, like Jesus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you really break down what what they did to each other on that play. That's why I mean the, the word for it is counterintelligence. When you're the quarterback, it is your job to use good information, to feed bad information, to trick and to maneuver to get the ball to the guys you need to get it to. Some quarterbacks don't have to do that because they've got a strong arm and they're gonna go deep routes on both sidelines, and that's just all there's gonna be to it. Some quarterbacks have to really know how to work the middle of the field because they need to become mechanics of this game. And Davis Mills doesn't seem to have those skills. It doesn't seem like he's able right now to counterintelligence the defenses. They seem to know what he wants to do and where he wants to go. And it's hard for him to get the ball where he, you know, especially on key plays and especially in the fourth quarter. So this has been a frustrating season and it doesn't look like it's going to get better. And if it goes down this path, obviously he doesn't have my vote. Which I mean, like is, is like, well, you're being tough on the new guy, but like clearly he's not shown well, he's the got talent less. nor the skill here. <laughs> yeah. It, listen, if his numbers were similar and we were losing, 
then maybe you say, okay, well, he, he plays at this level. We just have to build enough around him where this level is good enough. Or we should draft somebody. But I mean, I, I might still be on the draft somebody side if that level isn't very high. Well, I mean, but to be he's fair, we're trending downward, and that's a problem. We can't, we're supposed to be getting better. This team is building for a future. We can't have an important piece like the quarterback trending downward when we're trying to trend this team upwards. Yeah, and trending downward so dramatically. Yeah, some of these numbers, some of these differences are huge. The third down one is massive. From 12th in the league on third downs, which is a big number. That is a huge, I mean, if you had somebody who was top 12 out of 32 teams, that's a guy you could say, yeah, he'll go out there and he'll get you most third downs. He'll get you two-thirds of them, 63%. He'll go out there most of the time and get you a third down. Well, now he's converting 47%. That means on a coin toss, he's probably going to lose. Which isn't what you want at all. And it's fourth worst in the NFL. That means if you ha- if you could pick anyone to go throw it right now, there are 27 people you would pick it before him. See, Corey, you're just looking at the negatives. You got to think he's better than at least three people. Yeah, and, that, and that's my problem, right? That was like we were having the conversation, me and a buddy were talking about, is this roster, this Texans team, are we one of the three worst teams in the league? And he wasn't willing to go that far, but he was willing to say we're definitely probably one of the fifth worst teams. And in my head, I don't know that there's a massive difference between the two. If you're really hoping that fourth place matters that much, it doesn't. Uh, and on, honestly, I think I think we are, if not the worst, we are definitely in the bottom three. I don't know. I don't know how we can get away from that at this point. So it's 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 not looking good. And oh, by the way, this might be the only shiny spot is that we haven't played good teams yet. And the Chargers are coming to town and they are a better team. But they were a mess last week because Justin Herbert, uh, Colt, noticed the, noticed the corrected pronunciation there. Justin Herbert, uh, he, he looked like garbage last week after he got the shot and played through his numb, broken cartilage. Again, uh, never really a good move. I'll be honest with you. Your health is so important, especially as an athlete. Like, why would you ever, like, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's like, you there's, realize there's... you need your ribs to breathe, right? <laughs> yeah, but you don't need them to breathe if they're numb. Uh, yeah, except when they're numb and then you come out of it, you're like, man, I feel so much worse. Yeah, but it's okay. Also, uh, wasn't there the another doctors... player that did that and then got their lung punctured? Yeah, that was last year. That was good. Was that Tyrod Taylor? Who was yeah. that? Yeah. Tyrod Taylor had his lung punctured last year. I had to go to the hospital because his lung was numb. Good job, guys. You numb my lung? I think it's collapsing. <laughs> it's like, how my rib's looking? Well, the what's on the inside is falling in, so we'll figure yeah. that out. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. It's cartilage that he fractured. He has fractured cartilage, and essentially... Once you fracture the cartilage, it's it it'll it takes a long time to heal. It's really just about how much pain you can bear. Um, and so part of being a football player is dealing with pain. So when you have injuries that don't get worse, it's just about pain. Then you just write it out. I guess, but it's it's just it's never good because pain, especially chronic pain like that, doesn't just affect your body; it affects your mind, which is way more important. Oh, well, for sure. And, and and he was dealing with, there was obviously mobility issues. There were limitations to his throwing motion. There were definitely things he was dealing with. It was obvious because he typically 
throws for 400 yards and they were struggling to move the ball, you know? So the Chargers had a rough day last week, last weekend, and they're coming to town. It's going to be on the road. So that's at least a little bit in our favor. I don't know. I haven't seen the lines or anything yet, but just off the top of my head, I'm betting they're still, even with the broken ribs, uh, I'm betting they're still, I mean, maybe five and a half to six and a half, five and a half to seven, maybe. Is probably the spread in favor of the Chargers. So it's probably Chargers plus five and a half right now, I would bet. I mean, it's not a great look, but it's a look that we have currently. <laughs> it's, it's not a great look because they're saying that they're like eight points better than us. Because we, they, they give us the fair. field goal, and then they're taking that away, and then they're adding five more points. Eh, we'll survive. So anyway, that's – that's we're, we're closing the book on Chicago. We're moving on to the Los Angeles Chargers. The, tune in tomorrow. We're gonna have the full team, Colton, myself, and Nico, and we're gonna be talking. We're gonna be looking ahead while also talking about whatever news breaks tomorrow. Uh, stay with us. Thank you for listening, everyone. Have a great, great Tuesday. This is Corey DLG with me as usual, producer Nico. Um, thanks for listening to uh, one more episode of Battle Red Radio.